When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, Purple Daily on, on draft every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Declan Goff, Thor Nystrom, Tyler Fornis. We'd like to break things down from a Vikings draft and NFL draft standpoint. Every Monday here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, we've taken mock draft season and we've morphed it into a 52-week uh, a week show here on the Purple Daily Network of shows on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review, no matter how you like to listen. We appreciate that. It helps spread the word about this podcast. And uh, on today's episode, boys, we've, we've talked about some draft recaps. We've taken a look at other things and whatnot. But today, let's take a look at running backs. Let's take a look at the rookie running backs. Let's see how that relates to the Vikings. Let's also maybe even take a look into the fantasy football side. We start to integrate. If you're a fantasy footballer and you're a Vikings fan, who do you want to draft? Plenty of uh, meat and bones to get into here on Purple Daily on Draft uh, here on this episode. So but let's just start with here. Let's start with rookie running backs that were drafted in this year's class. So I'm pulling up a ranking here. This is from Pro Football Network. It has the top five rookie running backs that they've ranked for this season for dynasty leagues. Uh, as you can imagine, number one is Bijan Robinson. Uh, freak, na- freak of nature. Could be the rookie of the year just because uh, he might be the whole damn offense there with the Atlanta Falcons. Number two is Jameer Gibbs uh, of the Detroit Lions. I believe that was a reach, right? That was the one where you're looking at like, whoa, that was not expected to be going right there. I think Forno made the big eyes on the uh, on the draft night party when that was announced. There it is. So that that took place. Uh, number three is it uh, Kendra Miller uh, going to the New Orleans Saints. Number four is it Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Is it is it is it Charbon- Charbonnet? A little yeah. little, uh, little silent T there. Like that uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. Number five, Devin. Uh, is it Akin? Achain. Achain. I wasn't even close with the Dolphins. <laughs> Those are your five guys for the top five rookie running backs. Now with the Vikings, Dwayne McBride taken in the seventh round of the NFL draft a guy who potentially could see some time here. I have actually some reckless speculation on that where we got from an emailer that I will uh, potentially share with you guys. I'm not sure if I shared that note with you guys or not. I share it with Mackie and Judd. 
Uh, but regardless, Dwayne McBride on dynasty running back rankings checks in at number 16 in terms of the rookie running backs drafted for dynasty fantasy football. Uh, Thor, fair to have Dwayne McBride that low? Is he a quiet sleeper option here? Uh, what do you kind of make of those top five guys? And what do you make of Dwayne McBride at number 16? Well, well, we can we can be quiet because we don't want anyone else in our leagues to know or anyone outside the state of Minnesota. But yeah, he's a big time sleeper. Um, my rankings are way different than that. So that, that was kind of interesting to hear. And we can go over those here in a little bit. But yeah, I have McBride higher than that. And outside of the top, I think my... My top two were the same as PFF, and basically everything else is different than what I just heard. All right. Uh, Forno, how about you? Those top five guys, I know Bijan's a bolt with number one, but the other two through five options, uh, what do you kind of think of that? Uh, Forno, you're muted. Good old Odie. Chomping on a bottle again, making it so I I seem like I don't know what I'm doing. Can't drop your takes. Um, No. so uh, McBride at 16, uh, I think it's too low. Yes, he was the 16th running back taken, but that doesn't always tell the whole story. He didn't get an opportunity to test because of injury. And along with that, the pass per- profile is just a big question mark. Um, he did show he can pass block, but the other elements of the passing game, five catches on nine targets for 28 yards, that doesn't exactly translate well to the National Football League. So I, I do think he is being undervalued quite a bit. I would put him around like eight to 10, um, especially because you have an opportunity with this offense to be able to get a lot of touches. And that running game th- that he participated in at UAB was tremendous. And he was the reason for the success in the running game. He ran for nearly 4,000 yards in the course of his college career. And he was a wrecking ball. He ran the football like he was in a car wreck every single down. And that's going to translate one-to-one to the National Football League. He's going to be able to bounce off defender. He's he's going to be able to make them miss. He's going to be able to run away from some guys. It's going to be less proficient than the college ranks. It almost always is because you're going up a level in competition. He's going to be able to do the same types of things. So I think like the 8-10 to 10 range is a fair spot because there is this wild card of, well, what if Alexander Madison is good? The staff loves Ty Chandler. What if he ends up being really good? He could end up just getting buried and not a lot of opportunity due to no fault of his own. So it is still a risk, and that's why I think 8-10 to 10 when this running back class feels pretty fair because Thor, I mean, we talked about this class at length. Chris Rodriguez isn't better than Dwayne McBride. Like mm-hmm. You can make arguments for like some of these guys ahead of him. Abani Kanda, who went to uh, the Jets, Chase Brown, who went to Illinois, who went to the Bengals, Eric Gray, who's my guy, went to the Giants, Evan Hulls, your guy, went to the Colts, Deuce Vaughn is a small boy, and Zach Evans is arguably worse in the passing game than Dwayne McBride. So when you, you kind of look at those, I just think 16 is too low. Way too low. How much does Dwayne McBride's inability, or not inability, but lack of being a pass catcher too at UAB kind of hurt him here, Thor, because obviously he was just more of a straight line running, racked up a ton of yards. I mean, he was an electric player, but didn't really see a lot out of, you know, receptions out of the backfield either. Does that kind of hurt his value? And I, and I guess question within the question would be, can he fi- figure out a way to catch the football a little bit more at the NFL level? 
Yeah, well, certainly it was one of the big reasons why he fell to round seven. And Forno mentioned another one, which is he wasn't able to athletically test. Those two things in conjunction. And I suppose like maybe uh, uh, 2B, you know, 2.5 is he's coming up from the G5. But yeah, the the running thing, oh, it's the, the only, so I was going to say the running thing is unimpeachable. The only small thing there, I love the way that kid runs. Uh, and Forno did a good job of breaking that down. The only small thing with that, and we, we talked about this in previous episodes, it's the ball security thing with that. He fights for all the extra yards, and some of those fumbles came when he probably should have gone down and he was fighting upfield for extra yards and the ball got poked out. But outside of that thing, that's just something he needs to tighten up. But outside of that, the early down stuff to me is is really, really, really good. You know, again, assuming that they're comfortable with that. That's the thing where I think he comes in and competes right away. The the passing game stuff, I I don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, again, that's why he was available in the seventh round. And you're not putting him in the top, you know, five, six, you know, seven uh, dynasty running backs in this class. But when, once we get beyond those guys, like the sure things, you know, at the, at the top of the board there, you're starting to talk about these satellite backs that have no chance to ever be a bell cow guy. Or you have these guys, you know, like Zach Evans, who who still has this five-star shine on him, even though he could, you know, one school at TCU, they didn't care that he was leaving because Kendra Miller was better. So they, you know, Sonny Dykes was like, bye, don't let the door hit you. And then uh, Lane Kiffin brings him in and started a three-star true freshman over him last year, three-star uh, recruit. So like Zach Evans, it's like, you know, you know, are, are you going to put him over uh, McBride? No, I, I believe in McBride quite a bit more than that. So like that's, you know, once you get past the sure things, that's where I'm I'm putting McBride. But no, it's it's not because I magically think he's going to turn into a receiver. The, the, the thing where I think there's a clear path with him potentially or a, a less precarious path as far as the passing game stuff goes, it's in pass pro. What people are. are out there need to understand is the, the way the UAB offense uh, was constituted, it was first down, give the ball to, to, to Dwayne McBride. Second down, give the ball to Dwayne McBride. And then if they happen to not have a first down by then, that's when Dwayne McBride would get his rest, right? And so they just didn't use him on on that kind of stuff. We, we In the limited sample that we got of him in pass pro, I thought there was flashes there, and certainly the aggression he plays with and the play strength, that sort of stuff is projectable to that. I think that's where he can get on the field with that stuff. The receiving stuff, you got to build that entirely from scratch. I don't know how he ever gets above someone else on your roster in terms of that. How is he ever going to get better than Ty Chandler at receiving or even better than Alex Madison as a receiver when those guys were good receiving backs in college, I just don't see how that's ever going to happen. But could he be better in pass protection than those two guys? Yeah, I, I think that there's a, a potential path to that. And absolutely, I think he can be a better early down guy than those two, assuming the ball security, he can tighten that up. And maybe even as a rookie. Here's So here's some, go ahead, Thor, or Fornell, sorry. Here's the thing with Zach Evans. The idea of Zach Evans is great, but you the actual player zach evans no it's like when peter and lois go in to get the boat but oh there's the mystery box and the boat is just an average ass running back when you watch the film but the mystery box oh my gosh it could be a boat it could be be five-star recruit zach evans and then it ends up being (laughs) average ass zach evans 
And that like that's the tough part because he's he's always had this ability to be great and he flashes it, but there's no consistency. Quinshawn Judkins took over. And I'm surprised that he didn't lose snaps to Ulysses Bentley, but I think he was dealing with an ankle injury all year. And he, I think he's going to get a lot of touches this year at Ole Miss, which I'm hoping for because he's my guy. But it's that's kind of the thing. Evans is a dart throw because there is that huge high school profile, especially with a lot of people as Thornos who are in like the Debbie community, the guys at campus to Canton who created like a college to the NFL fantasy league, which is one of the best concepts around. There's merit to Zach Evans, but there's no real consistent data that says he's going to be anything other than I love the idea of Zach Evans. He could be a boat. Any Anytime we can bring up the uh, Family Guy mystery box comparison on these podcast episodes, please keep bringing them. <laughs> uh, if Forno and I could do some wrestling ones, but I think that might bore Thor and even some of our audience members. But anytime we can bring up any of those references, I'm all for it. Um, back to McBride quickly. So he was a three-star prospect. Uh, uh, out of high school, obviously, yeah, spent some time at UAB. Saw some time as a freshman, not a ton, but last year specifically, led the nation seventeen hundred rushing yards. Led uh, the nation in rushing yards per game at one hundred and fifty-five, and it had an absolutely ridiculous seven point three yards per carry. Boys, this is like when you turn rookie mode on Madden just because you want to throw up like seven hundred yards and score a hundred points, and you and you have a seven yards per carry. That's video game level stuff. Uh, he was also second in the nation in rushing touchdowns, rushed for over 100 yards in 10 of the 11 games, which included three 200-yard games. So, Thor, to your point, that whole offense at UAB, Dwayne McBride, Dwayne McBride, and if we somehow don't have a first down, I guess we'll gadget our way to find, find it on this third and short. Uh, but he was literally the entire offense at UAB. He probably won't have to obviously be that type of player in the NFL, but those type of college numbers, at least when I see those on paper, there's got to be some type of NFL prospect in there for sure. A thousand percent. And you didn't even mention his greatest season highlight last year, something I, I don't know that I've ever seen another college player do. And he's a legend for it. They they played in the Bahamas Bowl last year, UAB did, and Dwayne McBride did not opt out for that bowl game. Not before the team left on the trip. He they they they, they you know they take off for the Bahamas, they land. And then once they got to the Bahamas, then Dwayne McBride announced that he was opting out for the ball game. Absolutely legendary move by Dwayne McBride. And I would have done the same thing. He basically carried him there, no pun intended. So, I mean, he he absolutely deserved that trip. And good for you, young man. Free vacation, free passport, free food. And you get the goodie bag at the end of the Bahamas Bowl. Oh, yeah. Like, Swag bag. That's, that's all time. <laughs> that, that is all time stuff. Yep. All right, so and we might have talked about this in a, uh, an episode a few weeks ago, but Dwayne McBride, you guys, again, maybe just reiterate to the audience, percent chance he does make the 53, Thor. What, what do you have him at? Oh, I'm I'm going to go, well, you can never say 100. Uh, I'll say I'll say 99. 99, though, okay. Yeah. 80. Um, at the end of the day, he's still a seventh-round running back, even though right. he was a lot higher on their board, and they said that they had a starter grade on him but he's still a seventh round pick. If he struggles in camp or gets an injury, like there's a decent chance he doesn't make the roster at that point. But I, I still believe he's going to just because of what he is. And as we've talked about, you know, the Dalvin cooks likely not on this team. 
So Thor, on uh, your website, Fantasy Pros, actually, they have keeper and dynasty running backs here. And I, I was looking for Dwayne McBride. Looking, going down to tiers. There's one, there's tier two, there's tier three. You got to go all the way down. It's tier eight for Dwayne McBride. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In terms of how these tiers are broken yeah, down. Yeah, I was, I was um, texting a couple of my coworkers saying, you got McBride too low. I, I texted my colleague, Derek Brown. I was like, you got McBride too low. Oh, I knew it was Debro's fault. I yeah. knew it. But he he was actually higher than than a couple of the, the other guys. There's a, a couple of my other. I, I got to text a couple of my other coworkers. But 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 maybe I, actually now that I think about it, maybe I shouldn't because then he won't be a sleeper anymore. So maybe <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him I'll tell him lower Dwayne McBride in your rankings. We'll so do it the, the other way. Let's say too. And by the way, we're recording this under you know we're pre-recording this, uh, and we're, we're under the assumption that Alexander Madison's the starting running back for the Vikings. So if you were a fantasy footballer. And you're a Vikings fan. So I haven't played in a long time. But one of my big things when I played fantasy football, and by the way, I ran, I won my dynasty league and I rode off into the sunset like a fluttering Peyton Manning football in his last Super Bowl win. Okay. That's how I was able to get there. I didn't want to play another season. I finally grinded my way to it and I got the championship. Um, But one of my things I always loved was two things. Number one, I hated drafting players in the NFC North because that means twice a year I got to watch that player either not play well or root against them. I purposefully, dead serious, would not draft Lions, Packers, or Bears players if I had the opportunity to because I didn't want to have to be conflicted when they're playing the Vikings. Also part of my reason I also left fantasy football. But another thing I always did, if I drafted a starting running back, I was always keen on finding the handcuff and finding someone at the later rounds to hopefully handcuff them in the event of an injury, um, in the event that maybe that's a two-back system. That was something I always liked to do. So... If Alexander Madison obviously is RB1 and is probably going early-ish, I don't know what round he'd be projected to go in most fantasy football drafts, but obviously early-ish because he's a starting running back for a pretty good offense. Dwayne McBride, is it worth hand, uh, drafting McBride as a potential uh, handcuffing option to Alexander Madison? For Yeah. I to, to me, I mean, it depends on how deep your league is, right? Like if it's a 10-team mm-hmm. league, then it's probably too shallow where you can get them onto your bench. But if it, if it's a deeper one, yeah, I, I think you can start considering it there. Yeah. Um, I think I would prefer to have them to uh, Chandler even for next year, certainly rather have them than Chandler for dynasty purposes. And in a, in a dynasty league, especially like when you're talking about, well, especially when you get to 14, but even 12 and depending on the, the bench size, but especially if you have a taxi thing, yeah, that's where you have to um, start prioritizing a guy like McBride. And because the the industry rankings seem to be off on him, which the second the Vikings move on from Delvin Cook, I think people, it, it'll be hitting the alarm bells on it. They, they might sort of wake up to the fact that like McBride actually has a clear path to getting on the field pretty early. That might start turning around. But like right now, you can get him on just insane discount prices. Cornell saying thing too. Would you be looking to draft him as a handcuff option? Not before Ty Chandler. And we kind of talked about this last week. I am I'm more bullish on Ty Chandler for fantasy purposes than I am Dwayne McBride because the staff has told me how much they love Chandler. And coming out, he's got that three down versatility. And that three down versatility is going to get you on the field more often than not as a backup running back. And that means if you're on the field more than the other guy. When the starter goes down, guess what? You're going to get the utility and you're going to get the touches. So I, I'm higher, especially in redraft leagues, on Chandler 
as far as a dynasty purpose, I, I can see the argument for McBride over Chandler. But for me personally, I'm still going with Chandler because he's he's got everything that the Vikings want. The staff loves him. And it's not like he's a bad runner. He's a really good runner. Hits the hole really quick. Is big. And he doesn't lack speed with that size. I wish he was a little stronger. But at the end of the day, that three-down utility and the coaching staff loving him, I think, is going to make a bigger difference, at least for this season, than it will be for Dwayne McBride. All right, I want to give you guys my rookie dynasty running back rankings. All right, let's do this. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yes. Like I mentioned before, I have Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, one, two. I, th- I think everybody has that. But th- this is where I start to deviate from other folks. Number three, I have Roshan Johnson. I absolutely love him for Dynasty mm-hmm. and for next year. I think he wins that job for the Bears. I think he's the Bears bell cow next year. Um, then number four, Zach Charbonnet, who I had RB2 in my draft rankings. I actually ranked him right above Jameer Gibbs. I love Zach Charbonnet, but that was a really bad landing spot. I don't know how they're going to work it out with Kenneth Walker. That whole thing is weird. So in Dynasty rankings, I had to put him number four. Uh, number five, I'm putting Tajay Spears. I have him above where the industry has him because the industry's like, oh, you know, they have Derrick Henry, whatnot. The Texans are rebuilding. They just brought in a new administration. I, I think what's Titans. that? The Titans. You said oh, Texans. Titans. Oh, Texans. The Titans. They brought in Rand Carthon. Rand Carthon, they're drafting their own players. They want to uh, overturn the roster, you know, run through the whole thing, whatnot. I think this could be the, the last season of Derrick Henry. And and so we'll see on that. Uh, Spears has the the durability concerns, you know, like you know he had the the knee injuries in the past, but last year he was healthy all season, and and as he went along, he got stronger as the season went along. With with running backs in dynasty, I'm looking for the upside. I want like that three four year run of those guys, and with Spears, I think I can get it before his career is done. That kid's a home run hitter, um, and so th- that's why I had to put him at number five. I'm lower on Kendra Miller than some other people. Um, I have him number six. I I think you mentioned the PFF had him number three. That's a little bit rich for my blood. I, I like him enough, but I, I just don't see anything special there. So I got to put him six. Number seven, I have Tank Bigsby. Uh, Bigsby, sort of similar-ish to Dwayne McBride, right? Like, I mean, he's a really, really good early down guy who can't catch, right? Like, and with Jacksonville, it seems like, you know, and this is sort of similar to my argument with McBride, Bigsby can go in right away, steal the early down mm-hmm. stuff. So you're going to get the utility there. Number eight, uh, PFF had this guy way higher. I have uh, Devin Achain, number eight. Like, I, I like Achain. You know, he's super explosive. He's really mm-hmm. fun, world-class speed. But you, you can only give that kid, like, you know, what, 12, 13, 14 touches a game. I mean, like, you know, he's going to play games at, like, less than 185 pounds. I mean, like, you know, you just can't give him a ton of touches unless he's going to break. I, I compared him to Javid Best, who is another super Ooh, new. Oh, yeah. Good call. You know, you know yeah. and, and a crazy fun college back, right? Yeah. But then yeah. he got injured, and, you know, and then his career was done, whatever. You have to protect Achain against that. And because the, the usage is going to be down, I just can't put him any higher than that. He's never going to be a bell cow. Then number nine, Mr. Dwayne McBride, right in that range, there it is. Uh, Tyler, that you said that, that you had him. Um, like, that's just where I think he ought to be, right? Like, in the post-Delvin world, the situation for McBride, it's just way better than everybody else is painting it. Ranking him 16th in Dynasty is an absolute joke. Um, then number 10, my boy Evan Hall. 
Um, if he had been in a better situation, he would have been higher. Obviously, he's behind Jonathan Taylor, but he's going to get on the field right away as a receiver, and then we'll we'll see how it goes after that. Number 11, uh, Zach Evans. I'm not a Zach Evans guy, but he is in a good situation. We'll see if he can do anything with it. I have Abanaconda, 12. I, I like him enough, but he's stuck behind Brees Hall, so we'll see what happens there. 13, Eric Gray. Uh, Forno's boy with the Giants. Uh, 14, Deuce Vaughn. Decent situation with the Cowboys. And then closing it out, well, actually, 15, Chase Brown. And then I'll close it out with uh, Chris Rodriguez at 16. Just so I can read you the write-up that I put for uh, for Chris Rodriguez on Fantasy Pros. Leroy Horde once said, Coach, if you need one yard, I'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, I'll get you three yards. Chris Rodriguez responded, Dad? It's, it's the same thing. It's just, it's just grinders. Phenomenal. Oh, that's, that's, that's phenomenal stuff. Um, Odie, would you stop barking? We got another dog. He's got his own here. rankings. Yeah, Odie, like that Leroy Hard shout out. I oh, like yeah. I love the Leroy Hard shout. But yeah. let me tell you, he does not like the, the Eric Gray ranking because oh. Eric Gray is, oh, is going to be a lot better. Pass along my apologies for that. Yeah. Well, uh, the one thing I say with Eric Gray is I don't believe Saquon Barkley is there long term, especially with how the Bills play. You know, they're going to. Sorry, how. <laughs> how the Giants front office is going to run their team because they're going to do it similar to the Bills. Well, uh, I doubt that Saquon Barkley is there long-term, and I love Eric Gray, that three-down utility. Three-down utility makes a difference. Love it. Um, here's a question for you, boys, because I'm curious on this side with when it terms of like the goal line back for the Vikings. So if Alexander Masson's the starter, like I don't really look at Ty Chandler, and I don't think Dwayne McBride's like a guy that's going to be able to punch his way into one when you need one really bad, right? Like I feel like the Vikings kind of lack that type of dude when they need, you know, fourth and inches, third and one. You're on the goal line, need one more yard to punch in for six or get the first down. Do you trust any of those three guys to be the bruiser that kind of push the pile forward, or is that like a CJ Ham situation? I used to love fullback dive on Madden was a go-to of mine in short yard situations. Worked nail almost damn near every time. Uh, but I feel like the, those, the three backs the Vikings are bringing in here, I feel like they're, they're kind of smaller and undersized, and they can just get really pushed around when it comes to being right at the line of scrimmage. I, I think McBride can absolutely be that. Um, and I, Madison, I, I think, is fine for that too. So I, I, like I, to me, the Vikings are, are fine on that account. I, I think they're fine on that account, okay. yeah. Or no, do you like? Do, I know you're a big um, Ty Chandler fan, but do, do you see Ty Chandler someone who can maybe punch his way into getting a few more yards here and there, or is it Alexander Madison? Who is it for you? I think it's going to be Madison. That's his bread and butter is to just ram himself into defenders and try and get a few yards. That him and CJ Ham are going to, I think, have that role locked down. I think Odie, give me Odie there as a little little bark there and a little bite. Oh, I mean, are you kidding? Oh, Odie, Odie would literally run up to everybody and be like, "Ooh, pet me, pet me, pet yeah. me." You, he distracts that we yesterday, and oh my gosh, I think he excited Pete three times because he saw vet text. About to say he just distracts the nose tackles and defensive tackles, and then the running backs just running past him. He just didn't even see him. Like, oh my god, there's a cute dog there. You, you go from there. Uh, I did get an interesting note about Dwayne McBride, and you know our, our listeners send us some amazing stuff uh, via the Score North app. Sometimes we uh, use it for feedback Friday, sometimes we don't. But I got this one uh, from a listener who said McBride is my friend's cousin. He said he's been rehabbing a strained hamstring. He's good now, but waiting until training camp to be sure, because I'm pretty sure we didn't see uh, Dwayne McBride at rookie camp when that was a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen him yet 
at OTAs. So a strained hamstring, those are things that you can't really uh, want to push too hard. So not too surprising. Hopefully that injury, though, is past him because you don't want to see a, a scat back like that have a strained bum a hamstring going into training camp. Horrible news if you were a Vikings fan for that. Yeah, he's he, he'll be fine. Yeah, you know, and again, like, you know, th- this sort of played into, um, you know, one of the, well, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why he fell down a little, we were talking about some of the ones before, but not being able to test during the pre-draft process. It, it you know, sort of a multi-pronged thing, but I, I think if Dwayne McBride had had an awesome pre-draft process, that thing could have swung the other way. And now he's more on sort of the event horizon between day two and day three. You know, he could have been more in the middle rounds, but because of some of that stuff, you know, you, you end up getting pushed to the end of the draft because you can't answer some of those questions, whatever. But yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of time to rehab that thing. He'll, he'll be fine and, and a full go for camp. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yeah, hopefully that's all no biggie by the time training camp rolls around here in about six, seven weeks. You have all the running backs that the Vikings need there and and whatnot. Hey, with Josh Oliver, too, being here, a, a blocking tight end, not a sexy person by any means. Well, maybe he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> I'm not into guys, but, you know, maybe maybe he's uh, maybe at the end of the day he's opening things up for these running backs here. What does Josh Oliver's influence do for the Vikings running game going forward? Because last year the Vikings really didn't run the football a lot, and they also didn't really run it very effectively either. Do you see Josh Oliver as kind of this missing piece for Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips to really opening up the Vikings running game too? I, I think he's going to help, yeah, going to the more 12 personnel and whatnot, and also keeping sort of the defense off the beat of your son as far as the plays you're going to call, even the formations that you can have, you know, the multiplicity thing. Because I, I think about that with like the 49ers and all the different, you know, you, you can put all the different guys in different spots in the alignment. They can play different things, whatnot. And then they're they're shifting guys in and out. And and when they break the huddle, the defense is like trying to figure out at first, like where is everybody and whatnot. And the Vikings can sort it, you know, you were talking about him before. Uh, obviously, K.J. Osborne, you know, you, you can shuttle off uh, uh, um, Josh Oliver. And now you got Osborne on the field. Now you're back in three wide receiver sets. You, you you can just do different stuff like that. And 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 some of these guys have 
the ability to play various spots on the alignment. You know, um, both the tight ends can play in line. They can play in the slot. Um, the receivers have the ability to play in the slot and outside. All of them, all three of them prove it. Right. And so like all these different guys have skill sets where they're versatile enough where you can do different stuff like that. And I think that is the vision of Kevin O'Connell's offense. Bijan Robinson, this rookie running back for the Falcons, who is going to be damn good. I believe um, Daniel Jeremiah had him as the best prospect even going into this draft. How do you guys view Bijan? Because running backs are becoming a little outdated here, right? They're, they're not the sexiest thing that they used to be. But at the same time, Bijan's clearly going to be a pretty damn good prospect. Uh, I guess, Forno, do, do you see Bijan Robinson as the next real like star running back of the NFL? Do you think he's on that path? What do you kind of think of him? Yeah, I do. And the thing with B. John Robinson is I'm, I absolutely love the landing spot for two reasons. Uh, one, he's going to be used like a bell cow. If you remember those uh, 2020, 2021 Titans teams, what did Arthur Smith do? Run Derrick Henry 700 times combined over those two seasons, not including the receptions he got, which he was a fairly successful pass catcher out of the backfield. Two, he loves positionless football. And he's the guy that just talks about it and then implements it. You have Cordero Patterson, wide receiver turned running back. You have Drake London, who can literally do a little bit of everything with his size. Kyle Pitts can play X, Y, Z. He can go in line. He can go H back. That like, And now you have Bijan, who can play like a wide receiver while also being a true running back. You can do all kinds of fun things with this offense. And once they get a capable wide receiver, too, that can also be a versatile player, Watch out. I am not high in Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's going to be very good. And I was very vocal about that the last draft cycle. And there's nothing that he's done that has changed my mind as of yet. If he does, I will will gladly change my opinion. But for now, not a Desmond Ritter guy. And to me, that kind of limits some of the wide receiver and tight end production. I don't think it's going to limit Bijan because he's going to get fed the ball. He's going to be utilized in that way. He's going to get a lot of utility running the ball screens. You, you go back and look at Derrick Henry and how he was utilized. That's Bijan Robinson, except he's better out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Like that's what you're getting. And it's really, really exciting, but I want to see the positionless football. I want to see him used. like everybody talks about Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's not even used that much as a versatile weapon when he probably should be. I want to see that come into fruition. And if we do, Bijan Robinson could be one of those running backs that actually gets valued by people like outside of film grinders. Is he a first round draft pick in most fantasy football? Mox yes. going in here? Would you, in, a, in like a 12 man league, he's probably going to go maybe towards the back half, but maybe he's, a, he's a first round pick. Like for, for redraft? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, if it's not a super flex, yeah. Yeah, yeah like Man. he's I, like a top five guy. I, I think he has to because I, I agree with Forno. He is going to get a metric ton of touches. And that honestly, that's my only concern right. for like the viability with that because almost every single, I'm trying to think, almost every single year he was in college and maybe every single year he suffered a nagging injury. Um, like he's such an alluring talent that it's well uh, every year, but the true freshman year when Tom Herman didn't use him enough. So they fired Tom Herman. Cause they were like, you didn't use Bijan Robinson enough. 
And but then the last two years he suffered. One of them was the elbow injury that ended his season early, and then um, the other season it was a it was like a nagging injury that he was out for a while. But like uh, he, he, you know, you want to pound him with with touches and whatnot, and and because of that, you, you can put him in danger of you know excessive usage that 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 puts his you know durability in question, whatnot. So like if if I if I drafted him or for people out there that draft him, make sure to draft um, Tyler Algier. Or and or uh, Cordero, um, like right. probably Algier would be the top one. I, I think you know as far as like for this coming season. But uh, yeah, um, but but yeah, like for this, yeah, he he's Bijan is is a top five uh, guy for for this year, and I think for for dynasty, I got to be one one for standard. Mm. Yeah, he's gonna be a fun player to watch. I I'm with Thor too. If I was a fantasy football, I think the only thing that scares me. Like if you're an opponent playing the Falcons every week, I feel like it's going to be shut down Bijan Robinson. And if we shut him down, they're going to score three points. Like that offense is not going to be very good. Um, at least with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, maybe there's a diamond in the rough there, but that'd be the only thing. Uh, boys, last thoughts here before we wrap up on Purple Daily on draft. On anything else on these running backs? Uh, anything else on fantasy football? Anything else the Vikings related? Uh, shoot from the hip here before we wrap up. Uh, one thing I got to say is I find it fascinating that the Jaguars took Tank Bigsby, uh, running back that isn't great catching the football. When they drafted Travis Etienne the first round two years ago, when he literally said in college, I'm afraid of catching the football because he was afraid <laughs> of making a mistake. So to me, that fit is absolutely fascinating. Roshan Johnson for the Bears, like former high school quarterback, former quarterback at Texas. And they moved him to running back just because of the depth they had at the position and they needed somebody to running back. If he would have played at any other school and was not buried behind Bijan Robinson, that guy probably goes where Zach Charbonnet goes because he just he was so good. And I'll say this about Charbonnet as I mentioned him. He may get a lot of run if Kenneth Walker has a nagging injury this year. Oh yeah. They want to run the football, they want to pound it down your throat. They have an offensive line to do it now. They have the weapons. And Charbonnet is not going to be viewed as the sexy back because they just took Walker last year. Arguably should have won rookie of the year. But don't be shocked if Charbonnet ends up with like an 800-yard rushing, 400-yard receiving, 10-touchdown season. And it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, it's Pete Carroll. That's where it came from. One, one, nice. one thing I'm going to be interested to see coming up here is just, you know, now that, that we've moved into June is it looks like, you know, the Vikings, they, they were so capped out and whatnot, but it looks like they might, they're going to have a little bit of uh, room, maybe a little bit of wiggle room here. And it'll be interesting, you know, the, the defense obviously is the side of the ball where the Vikings have some holes. W- will there be enough flexibility there? Uh, maybe some other veterans coming uh, onto the market can they can they sign one of those guys to maybe plug one of the holes? I would love to see a cornerback. Um, that mm-hmm. room is just so young, and I don't want to have to go into the season where your two outside spots you have to start. You know whether it's the two second year guys or one of the second year guys and the rookie, and then the number three guy is whichever one lost that battle between those two guys. I would love to get a veteran there as well, whether it's that or whether it's a linebacker, but like, or a nose tackle, right? Like there's a bunch of different positions that that you could use fortification uh, of on defense. And so with that little bit of wiggle room that is going to be there now, we know, we know is going to be opened up. 
Um, that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on to see if, if the Vikings start sniffing around some of these defenders that become available. I love it. Hit that subscribe button for uh, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment right here on Purple Daily. This is Purple Daily on Draft with Thor Nystrom and Tyler Fornis. Uh, they're on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, central hub for everything we do. Hit that subscribe button where you just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. This crew will be back next month.